This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Lady Cat of the Woodland Realm, whose words are, The fox is the difference between being wise and being crafty. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into chapter 14, Catlin 2? 3. 3. Catlin Catlin 3, off to a great start Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, of A Game of Thrones. And we are talking about Jaehaerys, um, the first... In our in our maester study today, and that is a that is a huge part of today's show. Actually, uh, we didn't think it was going to be that big, but uh, wow, I've been sitting here working on it for for mm-hmm. some time. We've got, <laughs> this this may be a longer show. Just yeah, that, just FYI, I'm just, thinking we may be two hours plus. Right, and I think we've been sitting here for two hours, like working on s- some uh, some uh, of the details. Because I so. have the deepest of rabbit holes to go, <laughs> to, to to go down. The deepest rabbit hole we've ever ever gone down. Good. I yeah. can't wait. I really can't wait. I'm waiting for some, for one of our patrons to be like, I want a rabbit hole as my sigil. Wow. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, okay, I always like to uh, mention up in the uh, uh, front of the show that we have um, our number. If you want to give the show a call, uh, 614-547-2350. Leave us a voicemail. Leave us a question. Um, we will play those on the show if we get those. Uh, we've been getting a lot of Ravens. And we really appreciate this. This is huge. Uh, makes follow-up Friday uh, just a whole bunch of fun. So if you have thoughts on today's episode or just theories in general, like as Matt, Sir Matt just said, we have a you know a, a rabbit hole to go down later. Um, that you can uh, send your ravens to btkcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All righty. Small council, my friend. What do we have? <sighs> man, a lot. Uh, just on our quick updates on life. Not, uh, man, just... Still craziness. I just feel like life's <laughs> yeah. just flying around right now all over the place. Um, so yeah. Ezra and I are both. I'm going on vacation this week. He's going on vacation the following week. So right, right. I feel like we're recording every day. Uh, so you it's guys great. so you guys aren't going to miss anything. No, no, no. Mi- yeah. miss, miss anything on that. The only thing we may do is this for this week's follow-up Friday, we may just do a theory. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then we can do follow up Friday next week, which would so. give us double the Ravens. It would be a nice, yeah. It'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a longer one because last week we didn't really have that many, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so and we just, and that just kind of depends on what we get. So yeah, and we also are pretty good about like, like we'll sit. We have a couple that we have saved up, um, you know, just because they're. Yeah. They're really deep and and they kind of deserve yeah. their own and we kind of and attention. we and we usually do one at the end of this show too so right exactly yeah so. we got a lot to dive into so uh, all right uh, sir Ezra mm-hmm. some show news um, this has kind of been mentioned a little bit um, but I don't think I've mentioned it here so potential spoilers here for season eight of Game of Thrones spoilers you've been warned you've been warned this next <laughs> segment is you know dark and full of spoilers. <laughs> but um, there has been some pictures taken, you know, by people who kind of hang out around the sets um, yep. as Game of Thrones filmed. I, I just kind of rambling through this, some news, and I, I came across this, and I kind of forgot to mention it, um, is that the Kings, there are pictures of the King's Landing set. 
Okay. And part of them, like, so you can see them. There's a lot of green screen and stuff, obviously, but you can still see kind of like the sand standing set. And a lot of them are seem to have like a lot of fire burns at the top. Wow. So that so would that would imply dragons. dragons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, you know, that's not that seems unexpected. Right. Yeah. That that seems like something that could totally happen. So, um. We have no clue. <laughs> is it Daenerys? Is it the Night King? Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting as as we as we get going here. Does Daenerys and, take the throne, and then the Night King is attacking? Is attacking? Yeah, yeah. There's there's so many different possibilities. Um, can't wait for us to get kind of like a. a they're, they're still still filming. They're still. Yeah, I think, they're, I think they're still they're, they're I think they're like mostly done. They're probably just yeah. filming some stuff. They they have I've also seen the stuff where they've been talking about how they've been like just issuing like they've filmed so many different endings because they don't want it spoiled and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah. So okay. other than that, not there's not really a lot going on. There's nothing like big or anything. <clears throat> so gotcha. Okay. Well, you know, that's good. We'll keep you guys posted on everything that's happening there. And, um, you know, as we get like trailers and updates and things like that, that small council could turn into, um, you know, something a little bigger as we get closer to the show. Anything on, on not a blog, really nothing there. No, nah, nothing, nothing going on. Okay. Unfortunately, that seems like one of girls old, like how did like long time. Yeah. Friends that was kind of sad. Something, right? something I think he, he had just kind of grown up with in like the novelist community seems like. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, um, night songs or one of his other projects was recently published. So. Oh, cool. Nice. So get back to Game of Thrones. Yep. All right. Okay, so um, let's head over to the Maester's study. And uh, as Ooh. I said at the top of the show here, we, we're going to go over uh, Jaehaerys, um, his, his reign, um, first of his name. But to do that, I kind of said I would do this a couple weeks ago um, to kind of comb back through things to really help the understanding here. And I, I the, the reason I'm going to do this on the podcast is because I did it for myself and I and, and it kind of helps a little bit. So, you know, again, we comb back over these things. Aegon the Conqueror, right? He conquered uh, Westeros for us. Mm-hmm. Um, six of the seven kingdoms. We've talked about that. Dorne being the holdout. And, uh, you know, and then the, the, the uh, throne was passed to Aenys. We've talked about his rule and, and, and Magor and what happened there. Now, at the end of Magor the Cruel's reign, he really is left with no children, right? I mean, we, we've, mm-hmm. we've covered that. Last week, we, we did a whole um, huge Black Council on that three-part episode. Each of those are an huge. hour on patreon.com forward slash bend the knee. Um, so if you want to check that out, there's a whole lot there about that. Uh, and it's called, you know, it's the, it's the Sons of the Dragon series. Yeah. Well, okay, so Magor has no children, um, and he has this mysterious death right at the end. And, and actually, right before that, um, he's having this great council where um, Amy's children... Uh, his wife and his and his uh, remaining children are they, they've they, a lot of different things happen with each of them. I'm going to kind of go over what happened to each of his children, um, just once again very briefly, and they come back. So you imagine Magor has no offspring. His his older brother Aenys, um, you know, had a very fruitful you know marriage and and things like that, and just sort of died early. And then Magor did not treat his family. Very well, his nieces right. and nephews. You know, there was this whole struggle between um, who, who would, how would the succession work? And I think the first couple, you know, kings here, Sir Matt, like we get into this, this is a big theme is that who comes next? Mm-hmm. Who is next in line? That's the mm-hmm. big question. So a lot of that kind of gets settled, air quote here, settled under Jaehaerys, but it, it gets unraveled by, by his grandson later mm-hmm. on. So 
which leads us into the Dance of Dragons. But let's stay right here with Aenys for a second and his and his children. So Rhaena Targaryen, who was once once kind of betrothed to Magar, uh, and and their and uh, Aegon the Conqueror put an end to that. You know this idea that you mean Magor. What did I say? Rhaegar. Yeah, Magor. Ma- yeah, <laughs> yeah, not Rhaegar. Nope, nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Once betrothed to Mag Magor the Cruel. There we go. There yeah. we go. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, Rhaena Targaryen is the firstborn daughter to Aenys um, Targaryen and um, Alyssa Valerian, right? And she actually has this dragon, Dreamfire, right? She has a couple twins. She is actually married to um, Aenys, you know, second um, child and firstborn son, Aegon Targaryen. And you know that upset, you know the uh, the Septon that that upset the you know old town is is pissed. They're calling him, you know they're telling Aenys this is ridiculous. You know like it was okay for Aegon the Conqueror, but it's not okay for Aenys, right? Right. Okay. So, um, anyways, those two have, you know, pretty uh, good marriage, and um, they actually have uh, twin girls. Um, I think it's um, Arya and Rhaella. Mm-hmm. And you remember they were we talked about them being smuggled away, right. and Tyanna of the Tower finds them and all this kind of stuff, right? right? So, you know, and, and Reyna ends up becoming one of Magor's wives later on because he had six, right? Yeah, he, he has six of them. Ends up becoming a wife later on, and uh, so she's over there with her children, right? Now Viserys is one of the other uh, kids who Magor kept close to him. Remember, he keeps him out late at night, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get Alysanne. Or Alyssa Valerian to come back. It's not working. Trying to get you know, uh, he's really trying to wrap up Aenys' family. I think is what he's trying to do. He's trying to keep them close. He has no heirs, so he actually names Viserys next in line. Mm-hmm. He names his nephew, you know, um, next in line, and and I think he wanted to keep the rest of his family close at hand because he didn't want them to, you know, preemptively. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what was what's the word to rise against him right. and, and because Usurp, that's what Aegon was doing. Really surf, but yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah, kind of. But that's what Aegon was doing with Quicksilver, the battle, you know, beneath the God's Eye, or um, yeah, and you know that whole battle right. that they had, dragons fighting in the air. Hadn't seen anything like it since the time of Old Valeria. Um, you know, so Viserys is killed, Aegon is killed, so Aenys' two sons gone. Right, so who's left? Who we're talking about today? Jaehaerys is next. Now you might say um, Rhaena Targaryen, right? You could you could say she's still there, um, but really what it was is that that Alyssa kind of said she had no more communication really with Rhaena Targaryen. She was older, grown up, was doing her own thing, and was was on her own flight. And Alyssa Valerian, you know, Aenys' wife, decides she has her younger children, and once they're old enough, they have three dragons, especially once Rhaena shows up to join them in Essos and they they come back man with three dragons and they don't even really need to go against Balerion and right. and Magor because he mysteriously dies. Yeah. Um so uh Jaehaerys comes back and he is crowned you know, he's crowned king. Yeah. So and so, he, and uh where he he chooses to wear his father's crown, Aenys crown. Right. Or, so back to the golden yeah, crown. that's interesting. I, we should keep uh, more track of that. You know, who's the, the kind of going back and forth between the different you know crowns and what have you? Because Magor came back and chose the one um, with uh, Valerian Steel, Valerian Steel yeah. crown. Yeah, Aegon's crown. Yeah. So, um, Jerry's is the fourth born child of Aenys. He rises against his uncle, um, King Magor the Cruel. He, along with his remaining siblings, Reyna, Alyssa, 
Uh, Vayela is is dies as an infant, so doesn't really count there. But and his mother Alyssa Valerian, they win back the Iron Throne from Magor um, mm-hmm. with their dragons. So he then is later um, two years. Actually, I think it was a it was a couple years into his reign. This is where we kind of start and talk about his reign. His mother. Um, Alyssa Valerian, right, is the, what do they call it, like the protectorate, uh, regent, queen, queen regent. regent. Yeah. yeah. Protector so, of the realm. Right, yeah. yeah. So she, she, she's, uh, she's overseeing things while he's still, I think he had two years there to still kind of grow up and, uh, and things. And then uh, in, in 50 AC, so 50 years after the, after the conquest, um, he marries his sister, um, Alisan. Mm-hmm. So Alisan Targaryen and Jaehaerys are married. And honestly, this is, we, you know, we... Um, you were kind of talking about how like Gur does this thing where it's like 50 years of just like peace. Right. <laughs> it's just like, well, it was good. You know, we right, had all this yeah. craziness. So everything I just went over there, we go over in much more detail in the Black Council and we went over it in detail in the last couple of chapters. There's a bunch of craziness going on there and then now it's pretty straightforward under, yeah. under Jaehaerys. It's, it's a pretty, you know, good reign. The only major things that happen in it is is to kind of talk about the great council mm-hmm. and to talk about how this, the next line of succession would happen. I think a couple of the cool things we want to kind of mention are that like um, the, 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 there's a couple of, he, he, I think he reigns for 55 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and at 50 years of, of, of his reign, um, let's see. So that would have been around a hundred uh, mm-hmm. AC. There's this like great, great tournament. Yeah, 98 AC, a great tourney was held. Yeah. So, so to kind of celebrate, um, you know that well, yeah, because of the two years where he wasn't right, yeah. Um, so you know, and there's like a hundred lances or something. How many? Yeah, uh, yeah. In 98 AC, a great tourney was held in King's Landing to celebrate Queen Jaehaerys' fiftieth year on the Iron Throne. All of Jaehaerys' living children, grandchildren, and great children were present. In the final tilt, Sir Ryan Redwine and Sir uh, Clement Crab broke thirty lances against each other before. Uh, King Jaehaerys proclamation that there, he just crowns them co-champions. Yeah, right. And G- it was often called the finest display of jousting in Westerosi history. Yeah, yeah. And what it was like, uh, it was like a good omen. It was a good sign that they just kept going. And this is great. This is good. It was, you know, um, yeah. So it was, it was just a good time. It was a good reign. Things with the faith were also good. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of reconciled you know, things with the faith and, and was able to, I mean, even though Magor really is the one who came back and put an end to the warrior sons and the faith and the faith militant, mm-hmm. um, Jairus just kind of keeps in good relations with them because they don't stop with the incestuous marriage. You know, that still happens, um, yeah. with his children and his, and his grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can touch on that a little bit more as we go on. Now, very interesting when, when we talk about Jaehaerys, his, his, his reign, you have to talk a lot about, um, Alisan, his wife, his mm-hmm. sister wife, she's actually, they say, you know, they, they call Jaehaerys the old king because he lived so long and he was, and he reigned for so long. Um, and his wife was there with him for most of it. I think they have like a long, super good, they were married for 46 years. They had uh, two estrange, two estrangements. So two kind of separations where they just, she was apart from him for two years here or a year there. I didn't, and if you guys who are listening can figure out or know more about the first estrangement, I didn't find anything on the first estrangement and how they were first separated. Uh, but the second one's pretty significant, which which we'll get to. Um, so now some of her, she, she basically um, worked to get the, what do you call it, um, right of the first night, 
right? So, so the lords in the land who would have like take that mm-hmm. that betting ceremony, um, you know, right? They would go in and they would they, they would right whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, she kind of did away with that, you know, and was really she's really kind of a progressive. Yeah. You know, I mean, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was all about like, you know, um, like her role, I think was significant. He really relied on her and took counsel from her. She helps to kind of secure, uh, the new gift for the night's watch, which was mm-hmm. a big deal. Um, let me see what I got here. So, um, at the wall, queen Allison helped the night's watch rebuild the night fort, which they named deep Lake. Uh, Queen's Gate, formerly known as Snowgate at the Wall, is named in honor of Queen Alisan. Uh, she helped the Night's Watch secure the new gift. Alisan also helped convince her brother, her brother husband, to outlaw the right of the first night, which we just talked about. Um, so, and it's, I kind of noted in here a couple, of, like her dragon is Silverwing. So again, that whole coming back against Bank or the Cruel, she had Silverwing. Her brother had, um, whew, how do you say that dragon's name? Vermith. Verm- like yeah, uh, v- Vermithor. Yeah, Vermithor. Yeah, we'll go with Vermithor. I, b- I believe is how it's said. Um, so they had that was. I just kind of wanted to note the dragons, but mm-hmm. the estrangement. I think in the, in in ninety two A C, something kind of significant happens, and so we have to kind of talk about Jahari's children to talk about that estrangement. Right. So let's just ke- pause for a second there and keep that. Um, what was their second separation? Because it is very significant and talk about their children in this line of succession. Right. Okay. So Jaehaerys Targaryen um, has, um, let's see, he had, I think he had like 13 children and only nine of them lived to be adults is what it said. Yeah. And he has some insane amount. He has numerous uh, grand- grandchildren too. Now, what, what's interesting is he actually outlives a lot of his children. He does. Yeah. That's, that's what causes well, he lives, the issue. He lives. He lives well he's, he was well until like almost his 60s or well his late 50s i think uh yeah maybe more because he reigns for he reigns for 50 oh yeah, five yeah, yeah. years plus and he's like 14 14 when he takes over. yeah so, so yeah he's like so, 65 when he dies yeah something like yeah yeah 69 70 something like that yeah um so anyways his children let's go over who, who his children he um I looked this on, up on the wiki. Actually, um, it's it's in the uh, World like, of Ice he's and Fire. Sixty nine years old. Sixty nine years old when he dies. Yeah. So, um, his children, Aegon Targaryen. He had an Aegon, but it looks like he died. I didn't even get that in the World of Ice and Fire, but it said it on the wiki, so I thought right. I would thought yep. I would include it. Uh, they definitely don't say it though in a World of Ice and Fire, as, nope. as far as I could tell. Um, the first one that's mentioned in a World of Ice and Fire is Aemon Targaryen, second-born son of King Jaehaerys, Queen Alysanne. Uh He married Lady. Um, Jocelyn Baratheon, and they had a daughter named uh, Rhaenys Targaryen. So that's this is going to be a granddaughter, and, and she's very significant. We'll talk about her. She's mm-hmm. basically the, the granddaughter that gets passed over, in a sense. You know, the queen who never was. Um, next, after Aemon, you have Alyssa Targaryen. Um, she actually marries her, her um, younger brother, Balon Tar- Targaryen. So let's just go through them again. Aemon Targaryen, Alyssa Targaryen, Balon Targaryen. And then um, Daella Targaryen and Aaron Targaryen. Um, so those are all of his kids. The ones that are significant that we kind of need to focus on a little bit are Aemon Targaryen first. His firstborn son, well, it's his secondborn son, um, but his eldest son, okay? Mm-hmm. And he dies in 92 AC. And so that first estrangement that I wanted to kind of put on hold there, you know, where um, Jaehaerys sort of gets upset with his wife, um, you know, Alyssa Valerian. Basically, did I have that right? Jaharius marries. Mm-hmm. Why do I have Valerian on there? I don't know. Yeah, I might want to change that. 
Um, but anyways, he gets he gets upset with with her because she basically says that like, you know, um, he after Aemon Targaryen dies in ninety two. So this is this is the heir apparent. He is the prince of Dragonstone, right? right. His his second born son. And he, I mean, when he dies, by the way, he's he, he was born in he said he's born in between fifty two AC and sixty one AC, mm-hmm. and then dies at, in ninety two AC. So he's like what thirty or he's like forty, right? Yeah, 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 thirty forty years old. Like he's so, ready to go. Been prepping, absolutely. You know, to to be next in line, and he's actually fighting against like I think A some mirrorish, mirrorish pirate, right? He sees, and that's because we can get back to that when they talk about some of the achievements of. Jaharis is he actually almost kind of like he like dispatches ships to go kind of yeah he does right right and stuff yeah well and and so anyway so when he dies this big question comes up like do we go to the next brother you know or do we go to you know Aemon Targaryen didn't have a son so you know you I get the I think it's normally like if the the eldest you know son you would if he passes, you would go the 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 um, crown would go to his son. Mm-hmm. You know the son. Normally, you would say the son of the first son, right? right. Um, but that he doesn't have one. He has a daughter named Rhaenys Targaryen. So what do you do? And you know this is where he makes a decision, and he says it's going to go to Balon Targaryen, his next eldest son. And his wife is not not happy with that. Yeah, and she basically leaves him for two years. Mm-hmm. And um, but he's, he sticks to it. He says that's what he wants to do. They're estranged. They're actually reconciled by like his daughter, who's mm-hmm. a Septa. Yeah, and that's that's kind of cool. Um, he they, they truly loved one another, and like they, I think it was a it was a really good marriage. But like she seems just super smart and super like independent, almost like feminist type yeah. of no, you know Targaryen. Absolutely. You know yep. what I'm saying? And uh, which which is neat. So now another problem happens though. Okay, so again, this king is old. He is outliving his children. Yeah. Balon Targaryen, next up, right? He's, he's, he's on deck. He's, he's next up. He is also tragically, you know, not killed, but he, he dies during a hunting trip. Mm-hmm. He has this illness. Yeah, 101 AC. Yeah, 101 AC. And that's a number that should stick out to people who have read A World of Ice and Fire. Uh, 101 AC is sort of this um, great council to decide what to do next. Because he's basically out of sons at that point. Um, he has, you know, um, he has he has a younger son who who died at infancy, uh, Aaron Targaryen. He's got um, Daella Targaryen, you know, who yeah, Princess is Princess Daella, Princess Alyssa, Princess right. Vasera. Yeah, it's just he doesn't. So and then he, he's and then he's got some that he and he has two more that were like given to the faith. Right, a lot of them were given to the faith, yeah, because he repairs he 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 repaired he that relationship. Repaired the relationship, yeah. Yep, good call. Yep. And his best friend is uh, is is a uh, Septa, Septa, uh, Septa and Barth. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's huge. We need to talk about yeah. that for sure. Um, so just looking at this great council, right? They decide then to go back. the The question is now: Let's go back to you know um, the Aemon, his his second son you know, his daughter, Rhaenys Targaryen, and he basically says, again, I don't think we should go. I don't think, I, I think we should be a male. It should be a mm-hmm. male heir. Basically, flat out saying it should not be a female, mm-hmm. that the male should go over. And so he kind of lays down this, he sets this precedent and says, who's the next eldest grandchild that is a, that is that is of male and, and goes with him? And that's Viserys, yeah. um, which is actually Balon and Alyssa's 
um, son. So their eldest son. So it's, it seems it's a lot, it's crazy. And it's like, I'm I'm also going to share this doc so you can kind of see it. And if you can go look up like a, like the Targaryen tree, I think it makes Mm -hmm. a lot more sense too, just to kind of look at it. But I, I was trying to think of a way to talk about this, you know, succession. And it's just yeah. really hard to kind of do. So, so anyways, you know, it's, it's set up that we're going to go with the eldest grand son that Jaharis has, and that's Viserys. So mm-hmm. that gets us into that. Now that, that'll be next week. We'll be talking about him. Uh, and again, same issue happens uh, next week with, with Viserys and his daughter, you know, cause he only has a daughter with, mm-hmm. the, with his first wife. So, um, okay, let's go back into some of the major accomplishments. Matt, uh, Sir Matt has this, some things pulled up here on the on the wiki for us. And uh, yeah, um, so right here with Barth's aid and advice, King Jaehaerys did more to reform the realm than any other king who lived before or after. With his grandsire King Aegon, um, where his grandsire King Aegon had left uh, the laws of the Seven Kingdom to local traditions and custom, Jaehaerys created the first unified code, so that from the north to the Dornish marches, the realm shared a single rule of law. Great works to improve King's Landing were also uh, implemented. Drains and sewers and wells, especially that Barth believed that fresh water and flushing away of waste were important to a city's health. Furthermore, the conciliator, that's kind of what they call him, uh, Mm -hmm. Jaehaerys the conciliator, began the construction of the the great network of roads that would one day join King's Landing to the Reach, the Mm -hmm. Stormlands, the Westerlands, Riverlands, and even the North. All the way to the North. The King's Road. It runs all the way to Castle Black. Yep. And that's a, that's a pretty big deal. So like he's establishing laws, he's bringing unity. He's he's like one of the things that when they talk about that road is like it was very difficult to traverse to get into these different kingdoms, right? Mm-hmm. Building that road, an army can quickly, if if need be, if one of the kingdoms is is having an uprising or whatever, it was diff- it took longer mm-hmm. to get to the different places in the seven kingdoms. So that roadway, well, and also trade, you know, all the, all the all, yeah, transportation, you know, yeah. Everything. It's huge. Um, yeah, I mean, just go look at the United States history and look at what happened once the Transcontinental Railroad got yeah. in place. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Man. You know, or like... Yeah. So another thing that, that Septon Barth, right, you know, he's... That was his counselor. Didn't he name him Hand of the King? Yeah. Yeah, he named him Hand of the King. I think you just mentioned that. And the, uh, the, uh, the Faith, the High Septon in Old Town, they used to discipline their own, you know, Septas mm-hmm. and Septons, right? And and I think that was kind of uh, not sitting well with the realm, mm-hmm. and that was one of the things that they kind of like. He came up with this this agreement, you know. They he pledged to protect them, um, and you know, kind of got them to allow outside, you know, um, judgment when when needed. You know what I mean? So it was basically like like having another set of eyes on the faith to sort of make sure that that they're disciplining their people the right way, yes. and they're not taking advantage of. Of the laws and the faith itself and their position, you know what I mean? Yeah, Not like a check and yeah, like a check. Yeah, he just bends Septim, uh, high Sep, uh, Septim Barth. Yep. Go to go investigate this. Go investigate this situation. Uh, it says uh, basically what you just said. In this way, the great sk- uh, schism between the crown and the faith was forever healed. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is awesome. I mean, he is. That's he's known for. I mean, this this solid reign and then you know, setting this, this precedent, right. About the line of succession, healing things with the faith. So it's not just like Magor coming back and like killing people and burning, you know, you know, things, uh, the, the, the warrior sons to, to the ground or whatever. It's, it's like a, a true healing, I guess, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I'm trying to think of other major accomplishments 
that he had there. Uh, we already mentioned the, the, the ones about uh, his wife. And her work with the Night's Watch, which was significant, right? And uh, and then people say too that that her work there uh, that kind of peeved, I guess, like the Starks, because yeah. they had to give up more of their territory and stuff like that, and and things, and like they they, they did it. But that, that when you get to this great council, they kind of like Lord Stark actually, um, I, I think it just kind of worked against maybe her forwarding the idea of having a, a female sit the iron throne yeah because they kind of were they, they not that it rubbed in the wrong way it was a good thing to do and like the night's watch is thankful for it but i almost wonder if like the night's watch is slowly turning into what like, has that um vibe or that carries that Where it is connotation now. that yeah th- th- yeah exactly the way it is now so Where it's you know it's just people from it's like people from the dungeons and stuff like that i think it, yeah it's it's getting getting to that point. Uh, I did think it was interesting when they're talking about the Great Council that they go have it at Heron Hall, and they said that like Heron Hall, which then quickly because yeah. so many people come that it becomes the fourth largest city in the realm, right? For that like one event, yeah. They actually built a small town out nearby it um, to kind of house everybody else. They said that was the only place where they could get that many people inside of like a great hall because it's the it how, it, yeah because yeah. of how big it is. I mean yeah. Yeah, you often kind of forget Heron Hall. I mean, I think it's like like the way it's when I first read the series, and I would think about it, it just seemed like it was burned, it was right. it was haunted, it was all these different things, and so when yeah, Heron Hall comes up a lot in these histories. It, yeah, it does, and so I almost it's a bigger deal than I think I've given it credit for. So yeah. um, okay, uh, let me th- let me think here. Anything else here on on Jaharius? I think w- what we'll do next week too is with Viserys, his grandson, who is going to come after him. You know, we can kind of comb back through. You'll hear names like, um, you know, Rhaenys Targaryen, uh, who is who is his granddaughter, the you know, the the queen who never was. You'll hear her name brought up again because she marries someone else and has, you know, has offspring, uh, has children who later on it, it comes up again, like her children possibly being in line for the throne. So it gets very confusing. I'm just going to say, I mean, do, do you? Sir Matt, I mean, it's it's confusing. I, it oh, is, yeah, it is. It's hard to follow. Yeah, and, it is. And this is when they say there's like uh, this, and then when you get into uh, Viser- Viserys. Viserys, yeah. The next the next king. And the Dance of Dragons. The Dance of Dragons. It's super. One of the first lines in the World of Ice and Fire book is that there had never been as many Targaryens as there were at this point. I know. And, yeah. the, and they're all marrying each other, too, you know, which is the thing, too. So it, that's that becomes difficult. Mm-hmm. And at some points, they're marrying, like, their uncle. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, which is a big deal. So, um, anyways. All right. I think that's it for Jaharis. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I mean, he, he lived for a long time. Good good rule. Solid guy. We like him. Mm-hmm. Five out of five stars. Yep. Probably the <laughs> best king ever. Except, yeah. Well, there you go. You know, so. Well, you know, that's why we all, you and I were talking and speculating that, like, John's, if he is a Targaryen, that his name, you know, being named after Jaharis Mm-hmm. is a is a good thing it's a favorable yeah. type of that's a lot of people theorize his yeah. name will be in the books yeah i can totally see that that would that actually that's a lot of people thought his name would be in the show too yeah yeah, yeah. right and then they said Aegon and it threw everyone off I was yeah like, what? what? yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. okay um all right any uh comments from last week on the on the reread i don't think that we had anybody nope. okay all right so we're gonna jump into the reread now um we are on to Catlin 3, you said? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, recap here. So last week we were talking about... Tyrion Lannister, yeah. right? Traveling north. Uh, he travels north with, with uh, Benjen Stark, Jon Snow, 
he's just, he's kind of just impressed by that size of, of of the North. They have this little campfire session. Tyrion gets jumped by a dire wolf. It's pretty pretty awesome. They they talk about uh, grumpkins and snarks and, uh, and and what have you. So they have a really really candid discussion about life on the wall and what it's going to be like. And I think John really appreciated that from Tyrion. And and there is sort of a that friendship that that uh, relationship is going to keep building as they mm-hmm. as they go to the wall. And that is huge. Not oh, to be yeah. undervalued. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, this week we are on uh, chapter 14, Catelyn 3. Catelyn's breakdown over Bran's fall ends when an, when an attempt on uh, when an attempt is made on Bran's life. Catelyn delays the assassin long enough for Bran's direwolf to arrive and kill the assassin. Catelyn is now convinced Bran did not fall but was pushed. Yeah. So, all right. There's your summary. Now let's dive into the details. Yep. Broke this up into thirds. We have the first part. The, a master of horse. The <laughs> second part, you shouldn't be here. And the third part, I must go myself. Wow. Yeah. So um, now let's, I guess we'll just break it down a little bit more and then uh, kind of start picking it apart. So I guess the first part of this chapter is when you have Catelyn and she is <sighs> distraught. Yeah, absolutely. She's distraught. She's she's with she's with Bran. And she kind of favors Bran though, right? We talked does, about that. Just, like she this does, is yeah, Bran is her special her sweet, boy, her favorite, yeah, right? Because um, he's just really sweet. And uh, a line right here. Um, this is when Maester Lewin talks in. Maester Lewin comes in, and he is, you know, he's saying, "Hey, we we got we got to get we have stuff to do. We got stuff to do, right?" Um, Let's see here. Uh, Maester Lewin set the, lo- uh, the lamp in a niche by the door and fiddled uh, with its wick. There are several appointments that require your immediate attention, my lady. Besides the steward, we need a captain of the guards to fill Jory's place, a new master of horse. Her eyes snapped around and found him. A master of horse? Her, uh, her voice was a whip. The maester was shaken. Yes, my lady. Holland rode south with Lord Eddard, so... My son lies here broken and dying, Lewin, and you wish to discuss a new master of horse? Do you think I care what happens in the stables? Do you think it matters to me one whit? I would gladly butcher every horse in Winterfell with my own hands if it would open Bran's eyes. Do you understand that? Do you? Wow. I tell you what, right there is some foreshadowing for Lady Stoneheart. Mm-hmm. If I've ever said, I mean, like, like now that we know, and again, this being a reread, I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. The fierceness in which she was speaking with there, uh-huh. uh, really, mm-hmm. like, like the, she tells you right there what she's willing to do for mm-hmm. her sons and daughters. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty radical. And this is another, this is actually, this chapter uh, is actually, I think one of the better book to show. I yeah. Think the show really does it well. Yeah. Although I, when I was, again, we talk about it all the time is, how the show influences us. Yeah. Is that in the book, it's all one scene. It's all one chapter mm-hmm. in the show. They have it split up. They have the part where after we'll get to it when she mm-hmm. like finally goes to sleep and she hasn't been sleeping. And then right. they come back and they say, Oh, it's time for me to go. That's like a different scene. Right. It is. It's yeah. not all one thing that is split it up. Right. Which exactly. makes kind of sense, I guess, you know, but um, when I was thinking about this, Oh, I thought that was a different chapter and it was right. Not, and it's yeah. not. Yeah. It so, happens right here. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, so she's she's upset, but Rob decides. Hey. Right. Yeah. Rob. Yeah. Rob comes in and he's like, "I'll make the appointments." Um, and the maester of the ones. Okay. Good. Yeah. Right. That's, Thankfully, that's, that's that's kind of it. And so, really, then then we kind of start to move into the the second third of of this chapter, mm-hmm. right? the more important thing. Um, 
Leave us now, Rob said. Maester Lewin bowed and departed. Rob closed the door behind him and turned to her. He was wearing a sword. She saw. Mother, what are you doing? Catelyn had always thought Rob looked like her, like Bran and Rickon and Sansa. He had the uh, he had the tully coloring, the auburn hair, the blue eyes. Yet now, for the first time, she saw something of Eddard Stark in his face, something as stern and hard as the North. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? She echoed. How can you ask that? What do you imagine I'm doing? I am taking care of your brother. I am taking care of Bran. Yep. And then her and Rob kind of not really get into it, but right. He's- He's trying. He's trying to, you know, remind. He sees that she's distraught and remind her about, you know, Rickon. Yeah, yeah. Right? And in the show, uh, in the book, he says, you know, Rickon's three. Yeah. In the show, I believe he says he's six. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a, I guess, a couple of, uh, years difference. Be- yeah. But be- between the two, um, and uh, you know, Rob says you didn't even come to the gate when Father and the girls went south. She said, I said my farewells from here. She had begged Ned not to go, not now, not, not for all that happened. Everything had changed now. Couldn't he see that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is, there's another show book difference. Right, reversed, yeah. Well, kind of. In the show, it's Catelyn saying, like, I don't, like, there's a scene where they're in bed together, and then it like, comes in with the mm-hmm. the thing, the, the thing from her sister. Right, the letter, yeah. Yeah, in the book, it's Ned that is like, hey, I, I don't want to go. And she's like, you have to. He's your king. Right. In the show, it's the other way around where she's like, I won't let that fat man take you. Right, exactly. Um, And then we get the scene where Eddard, Eddard Stark comes in to mm-hmm. see Bran. Mm-hmm. And that does not happen in the books. Mm-hmm. It could have, I guess, happened sure, here. Yeah. yeah. That's like where we kind That's of where kind she, she says, yeah, I kind of said my farewells from here. Yeah. yeah. So this is actually the first time where she says we get this sense that she begs him not to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. I just thought, I thought that I thought that was interesting. And then, as you said, um, yeah, Rick and needs you. Rob said sharply. He's only three. Yeah. You know, I actually like in the show he's talking about like he's following Rob around, mm-hmm. holding on to Rob, like doesn't know what to do, mm-hmm. needs his mother. You know, I thought that was I thought that was something they did well in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Took a liberty. Uh, and then Rob's saying like, I can't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. I need you, um, which I think is interesting, again, because that's a big part of Rob and Rob's character is that he needs her to help him because he no longer has Eddard Stark because he's, you know, going right. down. He's going down to King's Landing. And so he only has his mother to turn to. Right. The, can I say real quick, like this was going to be, even if his, even if Bran, nothing would happen there. This was going to be a huge moment for him anyways. He right. was going to be the Stark in Winterfell mm-hmm. and learn a lot. Mm-hmm. But now he's still only like 14. Exactly. So, yeah. Now it's like, what, what do you do? Mom's, mm-hmm. you know, all upset and I can't yeah. even. So, yeah. And we'll come back to that, that line, the, I saw he was wearing a sword now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Which, uh, interesting. So then this is when, this is when we, Rob opens the window and he can hear the, the howling, the howling of the, the wolves mm-hmm. and Catelyn is kind of freaking out and she, she hates the sound of the wolves. She's like, I can't, I can't stand it. Make them stop, make them stop, kill them all. If you must just make them stop. And then uh, we uh, we get here. Uh, this is when Rob goes to the window. Um, Rob went to the window, at, uh, but he reached for the shutters. Another sound was added to the moundful whoring of the direwolves. Dogs, he said, listening. All the dogs are barking. They've never done that before. Catelyn heard his breath catch uh, in his throat. When she looked up, uh, his face was pale in the lamplight. Fire, he whispered. Mm-hmm. 
And so this is when we see that there's a fire in the library. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's it's one of those and things. She says thanks the, thanks the gods. She whispers. Right. Not because get brand. the yeah. first thing she said was like, "Help me! I you know get him out of here. Let's let's go." Like she has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just in tune to any danger that might come to Brand. She wants to try and and yeah. stop it and, and protect him. Um, you know, and he's just sort of like you know no. He's explaining where it's at. Time to go. You know, I think it's interesting too. Um, she, Catelyn learns a lot. You know, if you talk about character progression and things like that here with the direwolves and more about the Starks and, and who her children are. Again, they're young and growing up, right? And she really sees, you know, she is a she is Lady Stark now. Yeah. You know, I mean, she she is because like these direwolves are a big deal. And she sees that at the end of this chapter, which is huge, mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so. All right. Here we go. Um, the howling was gone, she realized, as she listened to the... I don't know that word. Anyway, um, the dire wolves had fallen silent because mm-hmm. they know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we get uh, Catelyn said a, a silent prayer of thanks to the seven faces of God as she went to the window across the Bailey. Long tongues of flame shot through the window of the library. She watched as the smoke rise, watched the smoke rise into the sky and thought sadly of all the books the Starks had gathered over the centuries. Then she closed the shutters. When she turned away from the win- window, there was a man in the room with her. You weren't supposed to be here, he muttered. No one was supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 that was, you know, um, again, you said they did it really well in the show. That it is, It does almost exactly yeah. mirror book and show. It does a really good job. And that cacophony of noise that was going on out there. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's like, you know, that is the distraction. Everything, everyone's supposed to go there. And she even says later that that was supposed to draw her out. Yeah. But it's, it is literally her distress and her, you know, gosh, I mean, her sorrow, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So she's lost in this moment and she can't function like she should. Mm-hmm. She should have done what Rob did and got up and gone and had somebody else stay with Bran for just a moment. But she won't even sleep mm-hmm. um, because she's afraid that he will die while she's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And and that just shows the state of mind that she's in. She's absolutely lost it here. Right. Um, and that's why she sleeps for four days after this, uh-huh. because she's just completely, you know, at a loss here. So this struggle is pretty graphic. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, she uses her hands to stop this Valyrian blade yeah. uh, from, from cutting her own throat. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's trying to stop him. Um, and it has this, has this struggle, you know, it says too, that he, she had, she had never seen, she knew, she knew everyone who worked in the stables. She knew them by sight and probably by name. She did not know this man. Mm-hmm. He had light kind of blondish mm-hmm. hair. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, he had these like pale eyes, I think. You yeah. Know? If you, if you want to search him, if you want to search this guy up, the best way to do it is, um, You'll, you'll, you'll see him as like the assassin, uh, is, is kind of how he is described or cat's paw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just think it's like his, his description right here that we get in this chapter l- l- lends you sort of believe like he didn't look like a northern, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, guy where he, he wasn't really of the Starkhold. Mm-hmm. And, and so they struggle and it's um, it's Bran's dire wolf that saves the day, you know, and it sees the shadow sneak in there. And that I mean, he is he is dead. Inst- I mean, like ripped half his throat out. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, gone, gone mm-hmm. or done. You know, she's actually able to push the blade away from her neck as he tries to slit her throat because she's screaming for help. Yeah. And I actually think she got that cry of help out or something. Well, especially because the window's open. Right. And I also think this, too. I think that 
Um, I think Brand's direwolves are smart, obviously. Yeah. And they, I think they saw someone who should not have been entering the tower enter the tower. Well, there's also that. I think there's like a connection. For that right. that too. That too. I, I'm just saying like the, like there's a whole piece there to it. I, I, the, yeah, the connection for sure is right. what it is. But, you know. Um, because remember, like Robin, those people come like bursting back in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so they knew, like, oh, let's run back to check on Bram. Um, but yeah, yeah. Here, here we go. Um, Catelyn saw the shadow slip through the open door behind him. There was a low rumble, less than a snarl, the uh, merest whisper of a threat. But he must have heard something because he started to turn just as the wolf made its leap. They went down together, half sprawled over Catelyn where she'd fallen. The wolf had hung um, him under the jaw. The man's shriek lasted less than a second before the beast wrenched back its head, taking out half of his throat. His blood felt like a warm rain as it, sp- uh, as it sprayed across her face. The wolf was looking at her. Its jaws were red and wet with its eyes glow- uh, glowed golden in the dark room. It was Bran's wolf, she realized. Of course it was. Thank you, Catelyn whispered, her voice faint and tiny. She lifted her hand, trembling. The wolf padded closer, sniffed at her fingers, then licked at the blood with a uh, wet, rough tongue. When it had cleaned all the blood off her hand, it had turned away silently and jumped on Bran's bed and lay down beside him. Catelyn began to laugh hysterically. Right, and that's kind of how they how they how they find her. Right, she's just mm-hmm. like losing. I mean, you can imagine no food, no sleep. She's just like wow. I mean, in all this time, she's been, you know, begging for them to shut the dog up, and this dog realizes this dog knows that its presence alone, this connection or whatever, is going to strengthen. You know, it's just like the presence of, you know, like. If you're sick in a hospital or whatever and having loved ones around you or whatever can kind of strengthen you in a way mm-hmm. that it's we don't really understand. Having his mother there is one thing too, but his connection to this dog and his other family is 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 very important. Well, this is the first time we see actually just how useful the the wolves are. Yeah. Because we know that they'd been there and stuff like that, but this is the first connection we see. And spoiler alert for those people who, you know, don't know what chapter is coming up next. Yeah. Uh, is the first Sansa chapter, and I think that's where it happens where they're on the King's Road. Yep. And Eddard Stark kills mm-hmm. kills Lady. Yeah, and so now you now you see just how how you know how useful these these are. Right, together. you see how important it is here, and so it makes that death later on more meaningful. Right, right? you're like, whoa, come on, no, this this is best bad. I mean, look look what they do for look, look what just happened with Bran. Like we have to keep these mm-hmm. dogs close to us. We don't want to see that happening. You know, and Caitlin was just earlier, or Catelyn was just earlier saying, kill the dog. Mm-hmm. You know, kill the direwolf, and that's you know clearly. Not what we want to do. She learns so much here that later on in the next book, I think she actually encourages Rob, you know, to keep his diaries close. close. Yeah, yeah, very close. Um, and that bad things happen when we when we we keep them far away. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, very interesting. Um, okay, so I get you know a- a- after that little bit, um, Maester Lewin's kind of like dressing her wounds, um, talking about how deep the the the, the cut, cut was. is almost to the bone, right? Um, you know, gives her some medicine and then she's, she's she out passes out for like four days. Yeah. Um, and when she finally comes to, she realizes that her neglect has really put, um, really, really Rob put Winterfell behind. Yeah. yeah. Like there are the appointments that need to be made. Things are like, gosh, if she would have continued in this state, like it's just not good for any of them. Mm-hmm. And now, um, you know, in hindsight, she's, she's looking at this thinking like, I mean, I don't know. Part of it was like, it's good that she was there in a sense because what would have happened? Yeah. If, cause now they post guards, right? Mm-hmm. They post guards up at brands, uh, room and things. If she hadn't have been there and she would have ran away and wasn't in this, in this state, you know, would have been, 
could have been very different for, mm-hmm. for for Brand. But it's a Valyrian steel dagger. It's made of dragon bone. It's its hilt has is is dragon bone. Um, no reason it should have been in this guy's hand. Right. You know that's 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 clear. Uh, no one he he was paid what was it thirty pieces 90, of 90? Uh, 90, 90 silver stags and then next they kind of talk about who he was and where he where he potentially came from they say like you know with so many people coming and going when the king was there it was must have been easy for him to slip in they found where he had been sleeping in the stables for mm-hmm. a while right yeah um but they believe he came with this company right he came with mm-hmm. the, with the king yeah. uh, when it, when he came north yeah yeah so um I kind of want to. I kind of want to finish, then I want to come back to the deep rabbit hole. We're gonna That's go fine. Down. Yeah, let's yeah, do that. Yeah. Let's so, do that. So um, we're going to dive a little bit more into who this guy could be, who hired him, where, and the significance of the dagger mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. So um, so then basically what happens is we get the kind of, kind of the conversation, the follow-up conversation. Uh, he had 90 silver stags in a leather bag uh, buried beneath the straw. It's good to know my son's life was not sold cheaply, Catelyn said bitterly. So again... You know, 90 silver stags is quite a bit of money. So it's got to be someone who has money also because he has a Valyrian steel blade. Now, they don't know that yet. Or maybe they mm-hmm. do. They just don't mention it until later. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and, you, you, you know, he came for Bran. He kept muttering how I wasn't supposed to be there. He set the library fire to thinking I would rush to put it out. Why would anyone want to kill Bran? God, he's only a helpless little boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can I? Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing that kind of, and this is a completely random thought here, but uh, when they're trying to inquire and figure out who this person is, um, uh, let's see, they talk about Hodor. Yeah, Hodor saw him. Uh, the talk is, the talk is that boy's been acting queer, but simple as he is. It's just like a quick little thing. Oh, like, I like, know. Like he's he, he's been acting this way. He's been saying Hodor for years, but all of a sudden now he's acting, he's acting different. In a way that he wasn't before. Right. Why is that? Could it be? There's a lot of things you can look at here. Yeah. Could it be Bran from the future? Mm-hmm. Could potentially trying to come back and change this because maybe this would change everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could it be Bran who is... Because as the next Bran chapter yeah. we get to is where he's just having like a, a dream, a green dream. Right. And... Could it be that he's having green dreams now and he actually does already kind of warg into Hodor while he's mm-hmm. while he's in like a coma, you know, I guess. Interesting. Wow. Never thought that. That's such a pretty <laughs> good thought because we know he has the ability to do it. Right. And we know that when they're asleep, right, they, they slip into their, their dire wolves. Right. Right. And so he wouldn't know. If he already has this, we're talking about, you know, not time travel, but whatever. If he right. already has this connection that's made Hodor say Hodor for all these years, and then he he's he's slipping in and out of Hodor in in his subconscious state or whatever. That's that's crazy because it just it's a quick line. I just oh, thought I I'd point it out. Is. You know, you really have to pay attention. To just these. You really thing. have to pay attention to these these quick these really quick lines because I found one the other day in a storm of swords. Yeah. Where I was like, oh my gosh, I think this line could be everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it just it just happens. Right. Um, so anyway, so then they're talking about Catelyn says, you know, yes, why would someone want to kill Bran? Mm-hmm. Like that's the question that's the question you, you need you need to have. Um uh Lady Stark, Sir Roderick said what the guard uh, guardsman had gone. Did you get a chance to notice the dagger the killer used? Um he says he talks about he talks about the edge. He says the blade is Valyrian steel, the hilt dragon bone. A weapon like that has no business being in the hands of such as him. Someone gave it to him. 
Catelyn nodded thoughtfully. Rob closed the door. And this is where she right. tells. Gets real serious here. Gets real serious. My sister Liza believes the Lannister murdered her husband. Lord Lord Aaron, the hand of the king, Catelyn told them. It comes to me that Jamie Lannister did not join the hunt the day Bran fell. He remained here in the castle. The room was deathly quiet. I do not think Bran fell from that tower. I think he was thrown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're shocked. I mean, she made them swear, you know, that they would not say a word about this. They each swear. Um, and... They really are kind of like, wait a second. That's at first. I think you know, uh, Roger Cassell is a little bit sort of like, I, I don't think he's he's monstrous, but would he really do that? Would he go that far? Um, right. And you know, there is something there is something inter- interesting here. I'm looking at this. I think he was thrown. Um, and this is kind of this is kind of a, a different or this line right here. I guess it is it is in the it is in the show as well. The boy had always been sure-handed in the past. Mister Lewin thought thoughtfully. He knew every stone in Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. They go back over that, and it's sort of like yeah. There, there's another. That was we had a brand chapter all about right. how he knows how to climb. Right. Which Initially, you know, leads to the, the getting pushed, and especially like the tower in which he fell from. It seems it should be abandoned. Like there should be no reason for me to be in there. But wait, mm-hmm. somebody did not go out with. You know, one of the Lannisters was still here, and the right. Queen was there, and all this stuff. You know, they start to think, right? Um, so, so Rob is like, "I'll kill him myself." Like the, he just jumps, like, pulls his pulls his sword out, right? right. And she's and uh, you know, Roderick is like, "Put that away," because she she mentions like, "I see my son is wearing steel now." Yeah, um, and she says, uh, "The old master at arms." I thought it was time, and she says, "Past time." Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. So now the the decision is made. So she realizes that if this is true, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. They've got this dagger. It just seems very. There's an assassination attempt made on her son. We don't want him to wake up. He knows something. Um, which yeah, this is all making sense, and we we know um, because of you know being the audience here. But she decides it's time to go to King's Landing. Somebody has to go to King's Landing. Right. Rob wants to go. It has to be a Stark in Winterfell. That's right. He has to stay, and there's just that's just not going to work. Plus. Um, Rickon's too young. And, right, right, exactly. Yeah. And they want to send like a, a, a smaller, like a decent amount amount mm-hmm. of people uh, there themselves. But you know, Catelyn's sort of like, no, it needs to be me. I need mm-hmm. to be the one. I'll, I, go, and, I'll go myself. I think one by it, you know, with with her going to, it also should show you know her husband um, that this this is serious. Yeah, she took off and came down to kind of talk about this. Right, they, they don't trust this to go into a raven. They don't trust. Uh, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I never thought about this really. How many people really know about this assassination attempt besides the people who were in this room? Mm-hmm. You know, like who does Catelyn tell later? Um, you know, Ned, right? But mm-hmm. then how far does it go? They really kept it close to the chest. Yeah. They didn't, and he didn't go bring it up to the court. He didn't say there's something going on. I want to investigate this further. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think it was because they believed he was in a den of lions mm-hmm. and could be killed in King's Landing, just like John Aaron, because John Aaron had just been killed. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. Well, and and you know, as readers, we 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 had we had gotten the line about Jamie and and Cersei look at each other when Tyrion is talking to them about the boy may live, and then Jamie's like, "Well, shoot him out. He should have mercy." Yeah. Right. So then it just as readers, your first time reading it, Gur, you know, likes to send people certain ways with their thoughts, even though he, you know. That's what you do as a, as a good writer. And so right now, if you were reading this for the first time, you'd be thinking, oh, it was definitely Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Especially because yeah. they had already had the line again before Jamie Lannister didn't go out the day up. Oh, you know, really, right. really right. building, really starting to build Jamie Lannister as the villain here. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, so then, uh, you know, we, we, the, we the line that Catelyn, I must go myself. And she says, I would not be taking the King's road because she doesn't want to draw attention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that, uh, that is just kind of our, our, our run through of the chapter. But now I want to dive into a super deep rabbit hole here. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So a question I asked and I kind of forgot. Me, you know, myself being a much heavier show person, so this, yeah. you know, and uh, going, re- going, read through, the, read through the books here, is who hire, who actually does hire the cat's paw or the assassin? Mm-hmm. So, in a storm of swords, this is from the wiki. Tyrion recalls a memory whilst he was at Winterfell, in which he overheard Prince Joffrey Baratheon jesting with the Hound uh, to send a dog to kill a wolf. He guesses that Joffrey hired the cat's paw among those joined at the king's party as they made their way north and that he found the dagger amongst his father's weapons and had simply taken it. However, Tyrion is unable to figure out why Joffrey wanted Bran dead and attributes uh, to his cruelty. Jaime, in a different chapter, later realizes that Joffrey sent the assassin in an attempt to impress his father. After overhearing a drunken Robert Baratheon say it would be kinder to put the crippled boy out of his misery. Hmm. Now, in the show, so I can click off that. In the show, we don't really know because we don't get that line. So in the show, we're kind of unsure, actually, as to who sent it, yep. um, who, who, who sent the assassin. We know it's Littlefinger's blade, um, but who tried uh, I, I have this, this, the thread, this thread pulled. Right, pulled. okay pulled up here and it's just interesting so, some of the things people are saying um Tyrion and Jamie both came to a belief that it was Joffrey I myself this guy uh is saying I myself have always been dissatisfied with that explanation and even if if Tyrion and Jamie seem somewhat even Tyrion and Jamie seem somewhat dissatisfied by it murder tent comes directly after Bran first begins the green dream warg and blood raven contacts him for the first time um this person, I'm also uh, curious about the drag, the the dagger made of Lyrian steel with a dragon bone hilt. Why not? Why not just any old dagger? Joffrey didn't have to root around amongst his father's old weapons. He could have picked one up anywhere. Or why did the murderer uh, to? Uh, or why not tell the murderer to use his own? What's the point? Mm-hmm. Um. So you have. Somebody else saying that it doesn't make sense that Joffrey would do it because Joffrey also there's, a, there's tried to once impress his father where he kills something and Robert Baratheon like just smacks him across the face. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying. I'm 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 gonna try and find that. So, yeah, is it possible? Oh boy, it was Blood Raven. <laughs> you know perhaps working into someone or something just another another thing was setting up he sent the he said, you know you mm-hmm. and i you and i and i think some of our listeners as mm-hmm. i can tell as they've been uh messaging us yeah are kind of are kind of starting to see kind of question some of the same things we are in that how did those wolves get beyond the wall mm-hmm. yeah 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 you're right that's that's a, that's a good point yeah it kind of sets in motion a lot of different things they're, they're sent to aid mm-hmm. uh the starks i think in a way, yeah. uh, even though there's bad omens in the, and the fact that the, the mother, uh, was killed with the, you know, the antler of the, the stag. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, one thing, so I have pulled up here. So you had mentioned earlier that Tyrion recalls a conversation in which 
Joffrey is talking to the Hound, right? Yeah. So that would be in a Game of Thrones. That would be yeah. in this first that, chapter, that, that, right? That, yep. That's okay. The, so that's that's right. That's right before. That's right before Tyrion slaps Joffrey. Right. So so right here, as Tyrion's coming out of that library, right, and he's he's been up all night. Um, you know, the rising sun had not yet cleared the walls of Winterfell, but the men were already hard uh, at it in the yard below. Sandor Coglane's raspy voice drifted up to him. The boy is a long time dying. I wish he would be quicker about it. Tyrion glanced down and saw the hound standing with young Joffrey uh, as squires swar- swarmed around them. At least he dies quietly, the prince replied. It's the wolf that makes the noise. I could scarce sleep last night. Um, let's see. So the castle long shadow across the hard packed earth. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Ah, and he says, uh, I could silence the creature if it please you. So this is, this is the hound talking. Right. Um, he said through the open visor, his boy uh, placed a long sword in his hand. He tested the weight of it, slicing in the cold morning air behind him, you know, listening to the steel on steel. Uh, the notion seemed to delight the prince. Send a dog to kill a dog, he exclaimed. Winterfell is so infested with wolves, the Starks would never miss one. So is that what, is that what he's talking about, maybe overhearing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just overhearing that conversation. Right. Uh, and it was a talk. They were talking about so killing what, yeah. the wolf, mm-hmm. right? The the dire wolf. But maybe is he is he just rec- is see that's where I think that's a little unconvincing, right? Is right because as you read it, it doesn't seem like that's that they're talking about Bran, right? As because at least the boy dies right. quietly. Well, Tyr- Tyrion just kind of. Uh, right, no, I know, I know. Is he's just kind of yeah, 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 it yeah, together, yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, right. That's where I go back to. You hear that? I what you know, people who think that Joffrey did this. You know, I, I get why maybe because of Tyrion's con- thoughts later mm-hmm. on and what was said here, trying to put those. I just think it's a weak, I, that particular yeah. part where you're going, the deeper question, who did actually do it? Yeah. Is the question. Because we who, still don't really know. So here's, 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 here I found, I found that thing I was looking for. The question is, uh, this is somebody on uh, Reddit. The question is, who hired the cat's paw? The consensus answer is Joffrey based on a Jamie point of view chapter in A Storm of Swords, where Cersei explains that Joffrey was trying to impress his dad, Robert, when Robert said that it would be a mercy if Bran had died instead of being, Bran had died instead of being crippled. There are several problems with that explanation. First, the last time Joffrey tried to impress Robert by slitting open a pregnant cat and showing it to him, Robert hit him so hard Joffrey was knocked unconscious and lost two of his baby teeth. Mm-hmm. Joffrey is unlikely to want to impress his dad again. Second, hiring a cat's paw who sets fire in Winterfell Library is a clever thing to do, and Joffrey is anything but clever. Third, no one knows that comatose Bran is crippled. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is revealed as he wakes up and the cat's paw is dead. No, that's not true. They should know he's crippled. Yeah. I, I see say, what he's saying. Um, I, I see, I see, what he, I see what he's saying. Right. Um, the other possible suspects are Cersei herself, making sure Bran does not wake up and reveal what he saw and, uh, deflecting the blame onto now dead Joffrey. That is probably the most likely. Then there is Mance Raider who tells John he was there, had a bag of silver and would want to create chaos south of the wall by having a cat's paw use a Valyrian steel dagger from Robert's arsenal used against the Stark. It is possible we will never know, though, who actually did it. Well, okay, here's something interesting. So, just off the wiki, uh, in, a, in a storm of swords, Jamie later realizes that Joffrey sent the assassin in an attempt to impress his father, as you said. Right. After overhearing a drunk Robert Baratheon say it would be kinder to put the crippled Bran out of his misery. So, you're talking about that. So, right. where did, did, did Jamie, I'm just going to go storm of swords here. Um, chapter 72. Yeah. And I 
thank goodness, have that book right here in front of me. Okay, you you want to you want to pull that you want to yeah, you want to pull that up while, while I'll pull up another kind of thought here. Um, so this is from the this is from Reddit, the Song of Ice and Fire Reddit. Um, the scene in episode four, this is season seven, episode four, where Littlefinger gives Bran the Valyrian steel dagger is a major, you know, oh moment in the series. For starter, Littlefinger realizes he is in completely over his head with these dark children. Bran repeating his line, chaos is a ladder, definitely shocked Littlefinger and showed that Bran sees uh, sees Littlefinger for who he is. Um... The line set out to me, though, is uh, Bran asked Littlefinger if he knew who the dagger belonged to. I don't think he meant in recent history, as Littlefinger assumed in his evasive answer. I don't I think Bran knows who the original owner of the dragon was and he was or the dagger. And he was asking more like a collector or historian would. All Valyrian steel is older than the doom. And considering Bran knows all of history now, I think he was talking about a owner from much longer ago. Bran, as he now probably could care less about who the Catspaw killer was you know, send to kill him. It doesn't mm-hmm. already know. I think he held the dagger and saw its history. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this will be important in the series, but I think it would be cool if it becomes uh, the show version of dark sister or something, especially since Arya ends up carrying it. So then there's a bunch of stuff about the, the dagger I want to get into. And unless you have that part pulled up, mm-hmm. no, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. About, about who sent, who sent the cat's paw. Cause I think that that is, that is, that is one important question, but the other important question is actually about the dagger itself. Okay. Because as we've said, the dagger is the cover. Yeah. And the dagger still kind of makes circles. It's still a very important item. And Arya now has it, at least in the show. And so what is the importance of that? So, mm-hmm. did some digging. Okay. In season seven, <laughs> I wow. think it's episode one, Sam is at the Citadel. And he is flipping through an old book. And if you and people thank you on like Imager have paused it and posted it and you can actually kind of read and make out what it says. Um, And so luckily people have uh, pieced this all together so you Mm -hmm. can actually kind of uh, read it. Um, Of course, some of it is is difficult. Uh, As the first men established their realms following the path. No. Sorry, that's from World of Ice and Fire, but I'm going to I'm going to read it anyway cuz it's important. As the first men established their realms following the pact, little troubled them save their own feuds and wars, or so the histories tell us. It is also these histories that we learn of the long night when a season of winter came that lasted a generation, a generation in which children were born, grew into adulthood, and many cases died without ever seeing the spring. Indeed, some of the old wives' tales say that they never uh, even beheld the light of day, so complete was the winter that fell on the world. While this may well be no more than fancy, the fact uh, that some cataclysm took place many thousands of years ago almost seems certain. Um, so that's kind of the long night Okay, that's happening. Uh, the Cat's Paw Dagger pages here. Um, Acolyte studies the so-called, and then, you know, you just you have to uh, kind of piece it together here. Um, Masteries of the Arcane and Magical. magical. Uh, test it to stand a solitary... Vid, uh, vigil, I guess, vaulted with three dragon glass. By this time, he had learned of the, you know, uh, then it's kind of all it's kind of all over the place. But it's talking about magically lit candles. Their sorcerers do things across mountains, seas, and deserts. Men's dream and give to him. And then this person is pulling up some of this from a feast uh, for crows. Okay, yeah. 
I know that seems like a big jumbled mess, but it, it's all gonna it's all gonna make sense here in a second. So, okay. um, from a feast for crows, Samwell five. What feeds a dragon's fire? Marwyn seated himself upon a stool. All Valyrian sorcery was rooted in blood or fire. The sorcery the sorcerers of the Freehold could see across mountain seas and deserts with one of these glass candles. Uh, they could enter a man's dream and give him visions and speak. Uh, to one another half a world apart seated before their candles mm-hmm. do you think that might be useful uh, slayer the valerian this, this person goes on to read the valerians were familiar with dragon glass long before they came to westeros uh, they called it uh, zitter zero which translates to frozen fire in valerian and eastern texts tell us of how the dragons would thaw the stone with dragon flame until it became molten and malleable the valerians then used to build their strange monuments and buildings with without seams and joints of modern castles where Aegon the Conqueror forged his seven kingdoms. He and his descendants would often decorate their blades with dragon glass, um, feeling a kinship with the stone. The royal fashion for dragon glass ornamentation soon spread throughout the seven kingdoms to those wealthy enough to afford it. Hilts and pommels were the most common decoration for dragon glass is too brittle uh, to make use as a cross guard, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so what this person is getting into is that dragon glass is really rare okay. in, in Westeros. And this dagger is, is dragon bone and you've got the Valyrian steel. So in itself, it's, it's an even more kind of, it's not just a Valyrian steel sword where it just has, you know, the blade yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they're getting into. And so you, are they saying that the dragon bone is more rare than like, like a, like a, Dragon glass. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, and if, and if you read and if you read the pages here, I was I was kind of I was kind of reading from these pages too, and it's talking about when Aegon Aegon the Conqueror and his seven kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's talking about dragon dragon glass ornamentation throughout the seven kingdoms. The wealthy could afford it, and all this kind of stuff. Um, anyway, it's a super deep it's a super deep deep rabbit hole here, but there it and it's kind of all over the place because you're piecing together like half pages and, and right right right. And, so but just explain. So real quick again, the, in recap, the overall point um, is that it's just a rare dagger. It's like super rare. Super like it's, rare. It's beyond just. It's the, something actually more than like. I kind of understand where you're going with this. Is that someone possibly? If you go, because you mentioned Blood Raven already, yeah, um, who would have been a, a great way up in the Targaryen, whatever, mm-hmm. would be someone who would likely have had this beforehand. It's not like a, re, it's not, it's not like a recent thing that Littlefinger had made for himself, or that mm-hmm. someone, you know, what it's, it's an ancient blade sort mm-hmm. of thing. Is that? Yeah, yeah, like so. I mean, this Reddit thread is like in crazy and crazy long. Um, but what what these people, what this guy ultimately ends up kind of arguing. I mean, this guy, I mean, this thread is like, I mean, this guy literally was been sitting there with like tinfoil as he was typing. This. That's like, awesome. It's like, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, when you walk, you know, when you see like, like, you know, people have got like the, the newspapers all on the wall and they got threads going everywhere. Like that's kind of, that's kind of what right. it is. But essentially what, what this guy ends up ultimately arguing is that this blade, um, you, you know, it's, it's the cover of the first book. And Arya now has it. So, what is it? Is it? Is its point? Is 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 it? Is its point just that it is Valyrian steel, or is it going to be the alt? Is it going to be the thing that kills the Night King? Oh, you like, mean this this dagger? Like this dagger? Like maybe this specific dagger 
is the only thing that can kill it. Maybe not just Valyrian Steel. Maybe not Dragon Glass. Like maybe only this dagger can kill right. him. Because remember, okay. in the show, we see the Night King get pierced with mm-hmm. Dragon Glass. Mm-hmm. So, what do you mean, like, like um, the Night King himself? Yeah, remember how they how they they shove? They shove oh, you friends. mean you mean like back in the yeah, day? Back in the like, day, like, like when they the kind children. of create him. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, okay. John is using a Valyrian in the show, right? Uh, a Valyrian steel sword, mm-hmm. and is able to kind of, you know, well, we even know in the books, like early on, you know, that that regular steel sword held up for a little bit mm-hmm. against the others, and then it shattered, right? Mm-hmm. It, it shattered. So Valyrian steel seems like it's gonna it's gonna hold up, right? It should hold up more, and it should be something that you could duel and battle with, as well as this um, dragon glass. That's going to be able to to kill them, Sam mm-hmm. the Slayer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we learn that he's able to take one of them down. But um, I guess you know, get, get, getting back to this dagger being significant, I, I, I just kind of wonder, like, when it finally gets to King's Landing and they have a look at it, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like who's who's lying about its origins there? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Talk, you talk about Baelish and and and, the, and those who are around, um, knowing or not knowing who owned the dagger is it Tyrion? is it is it baelish is it you know and we've got some movieisms in there uh, or some showisms but he, I, I get that it had a previous owner before all of those people is the kind of the, the the driving point right yeah okay and if it were if it were blood raven i'm going to go with you on this tinfoil rabbit hole yeah, here i mean yeah uh, you know that that it was sent to or whatever I don't know, if this was his dagger at one right. point, right? That was like an ancient, very rare uh, dagger blade. Then mm-hmm. it would have to have been someone in the Targaryen family who was who was high up there, or 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 a legitimized bastard. And the only ones that we know of that could be left are someone like Bittersteel, right. or you know, um, Brendan Rivers, mm-hmm. you know, Blood Raven. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Maybe it may have also it may have also at one point been owned by Aegon Targaryen, the Conqueror. Yeah, the Conqueror. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's been passed down, and it's yeah. and it's this big. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a it's this big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I I, I kind of see that now. Oh, still, who sends it is is that is that question? Who puts it in the hands of the cat's paw and 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 try and goes forward with this assassination attempt? Because mm-hmm. what I have here in a, in a storm of swords. Um, from what I've found. All right, I just kind of flipped to it and, and found a little something here. Um, let's see. There was a dagger. So this, so Jamie is is talking to Cersei, and they're kind of talking about just like, she's almost like scolding him. If you just wouldn't have pushed that boy mm-hmm. out the window, you know, this wouldn't have happened. Or this, all this stuff would have right. been whatever. Um, so there was a dagger. The scars on, on Lady Catelyn's hands were real enough. She showed them to me. Did you? As in, like, did you do it, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, don't be absurd. This is Cersei talking. Uh, Cersei closed the window, though, right? Um, yes, I hoped the boy would die. So did you. Even Robert thought that would have been for the best. We killed our horses when they break a leg and our dogs when they go blind, but we were too weak to give the same mercy to a crippled child, he told me. He was blind himself at the time from drink. So he was basically saying, you know, um, Robert was saying that that they should yeah. just put him out of his misery type of thing, right? Robert, Jamie had gar- had guarded the king long enough to know that Robert Baratheon said things in his cups that he would have denied angrily the next day. Were you alone when Robert said this? 
You don't think he said it to Ned Stark, I hope. Of course we were alone. Us and the children. There you go. Mm-hmm. Cersei removed her, her, her hairnet. Um, let's see. Perhaps Marcella sent this man with a dagger. Do you think so? Um, she meant it to be kind of mockery, but she'd cut right to the heart of it. Jamie saw it at once. Not Marcella. Joffrey. Cersei frowned. Joffrey had no love for Rob, for Rob Stark, but the younger boy was nothing to him. He was only a child. A child hungry for a pat on the head from that sot you let him believe was his father. Mm-hmm. He had an uncomfortable thought. Tyrion almost died because of this bloody dagger. If he knew the whole thing was Joffrey's work, that might be why. I don't care why, Cersei said. He can take his reasons down to hell with him if you had seen how Joff died. So again, they're thinking that Tyrion is perhaps a part of the whole uh, killing of, 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 of Joffrey and that maybe if Tyrion figured out that Joffrey is the whole reason why he was captured and whatnot and, and all these bad things have happened, that that would be reason enough for him to want to, you know, kill his nephew. I don't think so, though, Yeah. to, to be honest with you, because once it all works out and it's this misunderstanding or whatever, you know, did did Joffrey intend for Tyrion to get caught, you know what I mean, type mm-hmm. of thing? Is it actually Tyrion's dagger you know did we ever really establish that so i don't know there's just the the line they're they're still in a storm of swords working through this and cersei's saying no it wasn't me because really i think out the gate you think obviously what was jamie or cersei you know one of them paid somebody and they went ahead and did this clearly not Tyrion because he has a heart for cripples and and things that are broken right he had no reason and then so joffrey jamie gets right you know to the point is that he wanted a pat on the head yeah you know from Robert Baratheon, who he believed was his, you know, uh, father. Yeah, but is is Joffrey that dumb? Like, there's no like you couldn't you couldn't like I I cannot imagine that even Joffrey would would honestly think. I mean, I I could see him wanting to do it, like, and I I'm sure he like I could see him doing it mm-hmm. in that like whatever. It's he doesn't care about him, whatever. But right. he would have to know that this is Ned Stark's son. Robert Baratheon would kill him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he wouldn't kill him, but he would, you know, he'd beat the holy hell out of him. Oh, like, yeah, well, Ned, and, and if it yeah, was ever found out, Ned Stark would. Right. If you kill one of his sons, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like, that is going to start a war right there, and that's essentially what it did. Yeah, because look, um, what, look what happens later when um, Joffrey is fighting with Arya and Sansa, and, you know, he doesn't take Joffrey's side. Right, the only reason he right. kind of does is because Cersei steps in. What right. are we going to do about the your son's, you know, scars. And then he's like, well, okay, I guess. Yeah. Got to be fair here. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think Robert kind of realizes that he's, I, mean, I don't think he's raised any of his kids. I don't think he's had any really involvement with them. And I do get that Joffrey would be seeking, you know, he would want his father to be proud of him. I, if he's never had that and his father's always drunk and just ridiculous, you know? Um, anyways. So yeah, not, not real strong, but I mean, it still could be somebody else. You know what I mean? That's just Jamie's thoughts on it, and he thinks that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I have, I have one last one last quick little okay. rabbit hole here, just about the dagger. Okay, okay. Cool. That's all right. Here, this is another. This is another a Reddit a Reddit thing here. In season seven, episode four, a lot of emphasis was placed on the cat's paw dagger that almost killed Bran. Why is this dagger so important? I, as I was wondering about the significance of this crazy idea, came to mind. Bear with me for a moment. Is this dagger? Lightbringer. 
Now, of course, the prophecy speaks of a sword made of living fire, but prophecy should never be taken literally. The hilt is made of dragon bone, uh, which could account for the fire aspect, and the hilt contains a ruby. Now, Melisandre's choker also has a ruby, and it seems that they are associated with the Lord of Light, ergo Lightbringer. Bran asks Littlefinger uh, if he knows who the dagger belonged to. In A Storm of Swords, Tyrion says that Joffrey was behind the act of Bran, as we kind of just talked mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. But where, if that's the case, then where, and it, Robert had it kind of with him or whatever, where did Robert get it from? Earlier this season, we saw the picture of a book about the Targaryens that Sam was reading. If the dagger was in the Targaryen family, I think it's a strong case, and I've seen this before in other things as well, um, that Robert got a dagger from Rhaegar when he kills him at the Trident. Hmm. Uh, Rhaegar's breastplate was a three-headed dragon, done in rubies. Uh, Robert's hammer blow knocked the rubies from Rhaegar's chest, giving the ruby for its name. So Rhaegar had a fondness for rubies, perhaps because he was aware of their deeper significance. We also know he was obsessed with the Azor Ahai prophecy. Did he suspect that the dagger was Lightbringer? Okay, hold on. Can I real quick interject? Yeah. I think Robert brought the. I think he got the dagger from Peter Baelish, didn't he? Didn't he win it at the tourney? On Prince Joffrey's name day? No, Tyrion wins it. Well, I'm just looking at the wiki. Um, I, I know that in the show. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You know, in, in the show, Tyrion wins it. But like in the book, um, the history of the Valyrian steel dagger is that King Robert um, I won the dagger from Lord Peter Baelish during the tourney on Prince Joffrey's name day. Uh-huh. So if you go back to the idea of Joffrey, could Joffrey have just taken this dagger off of his father and given it to somebody? You, you see what I'm saying? Then how does Tyrion get it? That was in the show. Is there is there more in the book? Because I just I'm just reading off of the. I think that's in the book too. Off, because off that's that's how, that's why Tyrion gets accused. Uh, because Lady Stark in in the book as well says no, this is your dagger. Right. So so okay, Peter Baelish, um, King Robert Baratheon won the dagger from Lord Peter Baelish during that that tourney. Let's go on here a little bit further and see if there's anything else on here. Um, let's see. Believing that House Lannister is to blame, Catelyn and Sir Roderick traveled to King's Landing with the blood stained knife. To inform Eddard. Oh, right? I got you. Because Tyrion does. Yeah, you're no, you're you're correct. Because yeah. Tyrion is like, that's not my that's not my dad. That's not mine. right. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, so you're, so you're, you're so correct. yeah 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 you're correct. Well, let me just Lord Baelish explains that um, he had once owned the blade. Littlefinger states that he lost it to Tyrion Lannister during the tourney on Prince He's Joffrey's lying. name day. Where he's yeah. lying, right? However, did um, when Sir Loras Tyrell defeated Tyrion's brother Sir Jaime in the list, Littlefinger advises Ned to get rid of the dagger since there is no way to prove it's Tyrion's. There's no way to prove it's Tyrion's, right? Mm-hmm. But Lord Stark keeps the blade um, when his wife departs the capital. So what happens to the blade, actually, after after it moves on here? Um, oh, gosh. Well, Catelyn has it because she... Well, Littlefinger... No. Um, Littlefinger gets it back because Littlefinger uses it when he... Um, that's the blade he uses when he um, like attacks Ned Stark. Oh, you mean in the show? Yeah, okay. Oh, does he have it in 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 the book as well, though? Because you, you just kind of read through that part. Like, does he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it could. Like yeah. What's what's tough is you go between show and right. Yeah, yeah. And and book, and it depends on which one you go. I always kind of with this stick to the books as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, just just for clarity. So, because you know the Kingslayer actually later on in uh like does recall that the dagger has changed hands over time, um, you know, and Roberts displayed it. You know when he's drunk and stuff at, at at tourneys and feasts and things like that. So it's it's a it's a solid dagger and it's significant enough that Robert is displaying it. You know and, and things like that. So um, 
Yeah, let me see here. After, uh. yeah, Peter Baelish threatens uh, Eddard Stark with the dagger, and this is from the uh, Song of Ice and Fire wiki. Um, so he must, yeah, he advises Ned Stark to to keep it, but I think he, little uh, Ned Stark must not take it, and so mm-hmm. and so Littlefinger must have it, and then he uses it, so it must be in Littlefinger's possession. And so maybe in the books, it will be the same as in the show where Littlefinger then gives it to Bran. Okay. And then Bran so, gives it to Arya. Because ba- Peter Baelish does have the dagger. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. Okay. Because uh, Catelyn sh- shows it to him. And he okay. says, oh, this is. And, and he, and yeah, okay. And he, he yeah. wants to discard yeah. it. But at some mm-hmm. point, Peter Baelish gets it back. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Which, well, I think it's that. I think he just keeps it then. I think she just gives it to him. And Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. That makes that makes sense. Oh no, uh, yeah, yeah. Peter takes the dagger from Ned Stark when Lord Stark is taken captive in the throne room. Interesting, because he doesn't want it be, to be called into question. Yeah, right. I mean, that mm-hmm. that is kind of close to the show. He just doesn't want it to be associated with him. He's told a lie to the Starks right there. He knows they're not privy to that information because mm-hmm. they weren't maybe there at that tourney and realize he blames it on Tyrion, saying that he's the one who lost it, but really he loses it to Robert Baratheon does kind of make sense that Joffrey would then take it off of his father. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and, and I mean, Jamie comes to that conclusion pretty quick. And Jamie's a smart guy. I mean, that, that's the other thing. I think the, the more I was reading into this a little bit, as you were, as you were kind of talking there, I, I just sort of, there's mm-hmm. more evidence here that Joffrey claims to, that he was no stranger to Valyrian steel, right? While he's, while he's destroying Tyrion's gift. And I was talking about with Widow's Whale, when he first gets it, he says he had, so when he first gets Valyrian steel in his hand, when he says that, when he when he, when he says that at his at his um, right, you know, wedding, whatever, right. what have you, he says, "I am no stranger to Valyrian steel." Mm. Right. So there, there's something there that's kind of, yeah, and then okay. Jamie. So Jamie's kind of putting all of that together after yeah, Joffrey okay. has died. Mm-hmm. That's why he decides, I think, to free Tyrion, because he thinks he thinks Tyrion has got the has got the that that's sort of the 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 breaking point, right? That's a big conversation between he he and Cersei. He comes to this realization and he thinks that, okay, he actually thinks that maybe Tyrion did kill Joffrey, but he did it because Joffrey has set, set, uh, you know, set off these, all these events um, that got Tyrion in the situation which he's in, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but I think it is, you know, it's a significant dagger, right? But, uh, but, but, you know. And again, that's just Jamie. That's just Jamie. Maybe there is more to it. Because what's crazy is as these books go along, I think when you're first reading, like right now where we are in a Game of Thrones, if I were reading this the first time, I would say it's Cersei. Yeah. I would say Cersei yeah. paid somebody to, to, to run that dagger in there. Just like, I mean, honestly, just like Catelyn um, Stark does, mm-hmm. you know, and with the, with the note, with it's like what you have, the information that you have in front of you, this is the, conclu- the conclusion that you make, you yeah. know. So, I don't know. Yeah. Wow, All right, guys, the rabbit holes. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna continue this rabbit hole just a slight bit here because we do have a um, Raven, uh, Sir Robert of Newcastle. Nice uh, sent us here, and these are two kind of quicker questions. I was listening to the podcast when you were talking about Jamie possibly being Azor High, and I was thinking it would be, uh, and I was thinking who it could be. Then I thought, um, using the criteria of having to slay a lion and a sibling, that you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought, I thought, then I thought it could be Arya perhaps even by killing Sansa, who is technically a Lannister through her marriage to Tyrion mm-hmm. and also kill, uh, slaying her sister. But if this is true, Lightbringer, if this is true, could Lightbringer be Needle or the Dagger? Wow. That's part one. Yeah, so. Okay, yeah. I mean, 
Interesting. Dagger. Right, he'd have to get it back. I think Jamie would have to get that back from if Peter Baelish. Well, no, he, has it. he is. He is. He was. He was saying we we were doing one talking about um, Jamie. He is saying, could it be Arya? Arya could Arya be Azor High? Right, but he's saying, could, you know, um, but if but if this is true, Lightbringer could be Needle or the Dagger. Yeah. But you'd have to plunge those one of those two weapons into Sansa's heart. Sansa's heart, or um, he was talking about Jamie yeah, plunging that through his sister's heart, yeah, right as well. So either one of those scenarios. So needle would be in Arya's hand, and then how would Jamie? Jamie would have to get the. No, he's no he 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 said he was listening to the podcast where we were talking about it. He was just he's specifically just asking about Arya, just Arya. Yeah, yeah, yeah just Arya. Saying it it could either be needle or the dagger. Right. Okay. How did she get the dagger, though? Well, if you, but off the show, basically right, the show. right on the show. Yeah. Right. Okay. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Because Peter Baelish has it. That's all I was saying. Right, is yeah. that like he has it. it? Even going back to what we said before, I'm saying Jamie would. Now that we know we've we've established where the dagger's at, Jamie would need to get that. You know. But what the scenario the scenario you and I were giving, I think, was one in which we were using a different type of sword. We were using right. Jamie could uh, be using widow's whale or oath exactly. keeper. Yeah. Right. With this, it would be like that dagger yeah. um, coming into play. So, uh, more so, it would need to be, you know, it's fun to think that Needle could be Lightbringer. Uh, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Does it matter what the, like, the composition of the sword? Don't know. You, you know, like, is it more just the ceremony and the ritual in which you perform with the sword? And that then casts some magical power over the sword that you can use later on. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because if that's the case, then it doesn't really matter, right? Um, it just—it's just a matter. It's a sequence of events of plunging it into, you know, right the heart of a lion, right? You know, salt and smoke, the whole thing, right? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good um, question. And then it's a good also, thought. yeah, and then also uh, I think you guys could do a podcast on Valyrian steel weapons and armor in the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah. Um, which brings me to my next question: If a warhammer like Edric Storm in the books and Gendry and the show made of Valyrian steel, would it be as lethal as a sword? Now there are, um, I don't have them off the top of my head. Um, there are people who do have Valyrian steel, uh, like I think like an axe. Someone has like a Valyrian steel axe. Okay. And uh, I think even somebody else has like a spearhead. I remember reading. Uh, yeah, I think that I I I believe that it is just as lethal. Yeah. Um, mm. because ice doesn't seem any less lethal than long claw. Mm-hmm. It's just a different type of weapon. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I know this is nitpicking something, but like it's a Valyrian steel dagger, but yet it doesn't like easily like like Catelyn right. Stark is able to hold it off with her hands. Well, it says the cut it says the cut goes deep. Deep to the bone. And it right. was the bone which which stopped it. And maybe this guy was just kinda weak and you know right. feeble and couldn't actually didn't expect to meet any resistance at mm-hmm. all, I think is is the explanation for it. But and he's you know, freaking out too because he's like, "Well, no one is supposed to be here." Right, exactly. Yeah, I don't so think he's he wants to panicking. kill her. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, I, I don't know, but I just thought that was interesting. Like, man, if it's a, such a badass blade, like, why the hell did it not just slice right through? I mean, it's, you know, I, I just was wondering myself how sharp is Valyrian steel and why mm-hmm. it is so much better. Mm-hmm. You know, should be a I don't know, but yeah, it's a good because it's a good question. Yeah, like a how war much hammer, better? I don't know if a warhammer. Um, I th- I think I think for a warhammer, I don't because it's not sharp. I think it would just be durable. I I, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. you know, and it's yeah. it's like it's gonna be a stronger density. I'm I am not a chemist, uh, so no, I, I would say that. So right? yeah, they talk I, about how it's folded over and and yeah. the different ways in which they work it, and I think 
Yeah, that it would be <clears throat> something that would be more durable, like you said. Right. Than... Although it's supposed to be really light. So in terms of... Yeah, well, geez. If it's really light and really strong, I guess, you know, I don't know. I, I guess, like, if you were to think today, like, what you know, what would it be like having a, a titanium hammer as opposed to, like, an iron or a steel hammer, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess? Like, and what that... And... I mean, yeah, if you can get more force on your swing because it's yeah. it lay, weighs less, but it's it's going to penetrate armor yeah. better than, than I would have, steel yeah. than I would imagine it would be. Than I would imagine, yeah, I would imagine. Better. But yeah, you've been looking well. into, into more of those the, the weapons and, and right. things. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely something we can... We can uh, yeah, we, work up. We'll definitely have to do a podcast at some point just on all the Valyrian weapons, where they are, what we know about them. Right, right. What yeah. some of the theories are. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, yeah, again, um, so that, that that's our Raven for the week. We have a few more we're saving for uh, follow-up Friday, and we, we only got a couple of those right now. So, please send us a Raven about, you know, the rabbit hole today. And if you have any yeah. questions about Jaharis the first, which, again, was – I apologize for it being kind of confusing, but I just, you know, wanted to kind of lay out the the – succession there um but we're going to go over all that again so send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com and uh you know as sir matt said we will work on the green dream uh, episode this week kind of a theory thing mm-hmm. and then we'll get back to follow up friday the following week we'll yeah. still be posted on friday though oh green, for sure yeah green dream so um okay we are on to man the wall uh this is our our, our patreon uh plug here basically uh, if you want to support the show, you can head on over to uh, patreon.com forward slash bend the knee. The link is down in the description. This really helps uh, Sir Matt and I out a lot. Honestly, we you know, we're able to upgrade the equipment, do different things, and it, it, it kind of creates the community, right? It gives us more mm-hmm. pieces to talk about. I'm working Absolutely. on I'm working on the painted table now, friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm gonna I mean I want to talk about the painted table for a second because it is it's a big deal. Okay, it just I, it struck me when I was looking at the lore video that the, that the Targaryens flew over Westeros, right, and they came back to Dragonstone and they decide to hire these different people, right, to make a map to plan this out to how to how, how are we going to conquer Westeros? Mm-hmm. And anyways, it just it, it just was super cool to me. I've never really given it a whole lot of thought, um, but I want something like that here and i want to put the pieces out there i want to see where lady lauren and lord adam parker and everybody you know um where they're where they're at in the kingdom and what's going on you know Mm -hmm. i need i I gotta keep track of this kind of stuff yeah so okay uh we have a a knighting ceremony though because one of the tiers in there we have knighting ceremonies we've got hedge knights we've got take the black lots of different uh perks and rewards in there so uh here we go lady kelsey In the name of the warrior, I charge you to be brave. In the name of the father, I charge you to be just. In the name of the mother, I charge you to defend the young and innocent. In the name of the maid, I charge you to protect all women. In the name of the smith, I charge you to mend the broken. In the name of the crone, I charge you to seek wisdom. In the name of the stranger, I charge you to face death with sword in hand. Rise. Lady Kelsey of Lethbridge. Oh man, mm. you guys wouldn't understand like what I'm saying. That just actually mm. just saying it. Oh, and you know, and and I don't know. So thank you, uh, Lady Kelsey. Uh, we are so glad to kind of have you have you along. Um, again, that's our nighting ceremony. Uh, a couple different options. There's different ways to do it. So you can hit us up on Patreon, and we can talk about those. Get your custom sigil uh, and man the wall, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, take the black, man the wall. And we'll go from there. So, what else do we have in Man the Wall? Uh, Just Black Council, uh, Green yep. Dream episodes. Yeah, Black up. Council, Green Dreams uh, coming up. We still doing some uh, 
Mead, Meat, and Cheese episodes. Mm-hmm. Those will all be available on our Patreon thing. We're doing book to show comparisons. Um, so, yeah. It's a fun time, yeah. guys. You should, go, you should definitely go check it out. Uh, all right, man. This was a little longer than I thought it was going to be. Which is a little great. longer. We kind of <laughs> kind of uh, went down some rabbit holes. Sometimes we just see where they take us. Yeah. And sometimes, you know. It, well, my, my big thing, too, is it's, I've always said it's, it's a discussion, right? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things like you guys get to kind of see. We have these discussions all the time, and then sometimes they happen like live on the podcast because you read something. We, we've read the chapter so many different absolutely. times. And like one line sticks out about Hodor, and I, I wanted to go down a, down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. right there, right then. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna save it. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna, we're no, gonna come back to it. Yeah, no, that, that's that's fine. And you know, the other things too is there is so much material sometimes in this where you kind of have to pull from a lot of different places. Yeah, you know, we have we have the books, which is like the sacred texts. Yeah, and then you have. Except for the fact that the books are point of view, so sometimes yes. just in just in the books you have information. All right, I got to pull this and pull this and kind of piece it together and see what I think. Yes. Then we have a world of ice and fire, which again is definitely a point of view, but more context. And then we have the other aspect, which is the show, which is I guess a guide for where we think things are gonna go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we can't take it as it is sacred. Yeah. And does it does it provide honest answers to some of these theories? Yeah. Yeah. So when, there's there's a lot of stuff we know that the show doesn't cover, like Lady Stoneheart and stuff like that. And so it's like, okay, we don't we that's just we have to wait for the books. Right. But then there's like bigger picture stuff, which is like, well, can that answer some of these questions and yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. I mean, that's a really good point. And so one thing I like to throw out to different listeners, you know, uh, maybe I'll put a poll up uh, for, you know, um, on, on, on our Facebook page. Um, so check, check out our Facebook page. If you want to hop in on this poll, I'll do it right after this. Um, I think, you know, you, you are now like plowing through the, the series, right? I've read it several times and I think I've never read it the, the way in which you just follow a character's point of view. Yeah. I've never done that. And like, it is becoming more and more interesting to me because of, you said this to me a couple weeks ago, point of view is everything. You're realizing that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, I forgot that. Because because just like you said there, you know what Jamie says could be contradicted by another point of view over here. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting to just kind of follow those those train of thoughts. So my, my poll is, where which character should I follow? Yeah. Which one do you start? I think there might be a guide out there. I've never really looked into it. Well, but. there is actually. Um, if you go to the cha- if you go to um, the Song of Ice and Fire wiki, they have chapter summaries. Yeah. And if you just click on, say, you click on, go to Game of Thrones and click on one of the characters, just mm-hmm. you know, start with their point of view number one. It will then actually it shows you. It says like, okay, so this is the chapter that comes before, it, and this is the chapter that comes next. And then there's an above and below, and right. that's like John one, John two, John three, John four. Right. My question is, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Which one? Which one? Which do one I start should, with? Which one should you start with? Yeah. I think I think you just got to start with whoever it is that you you want. Really. I know. See, what yeah. I'm interested in is I think I might leave this up to the, the listeners. The listeners. Yeah. Because I mean, honestly, guide me the right yeah. the right direction. I've read this before, and I'm I'm now. Yeah. And then this summer, I have a chance to really plow. Give me a week. I'll plow mm-hmm. through a whole well, freaking. And then, and then think of this. Point then of view there's the another way to read it, which is a storm or a feast of crows and a dance with dragons at the same time. Right. Yeah. That's another right. thing. That's, that's another. Thing. That's another yeah. way people. That's another way people can do it. Right. Yes. Right. There's just there's so much. Then of course there's Duncan Egg and Sons of the Dragon and all this right. other stuff yeah. and 
Yeah, there's just there's so much. Right. Yeah. So it's it's great. It's a great problem. There's so much. Con- there's so much to content have. to un- unpack, but it, it's not too big to where it seems overwhelming. It's just right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Always so. gonna be piecing it together. Always gonna be looking at new things. Just wait till Fire and Blood comes out. Good and then, lord. And then, <laughs> and then I know. I know. You know. Hey, another thing too, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, but now that I'm on 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 summer break here. Uh, I have a chance to kind of go through and create that doc. I was talking about a Prezi or, or something else and, and taking a character in the main series and seeing which other characters are surrounded by that character at, at which time. And I'm going to continue to kind of work on that because I just I started that today, like with the World of Ice and Fire histories. I like took, you know, um, Jahari's and I was trying to piece together who was alive when and when did they die and all this kind of stuff. The wiki does that, but it's on different pages and you kind of got to put it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are reading it in world of ice and fire, which does a nice job, but sometimes you need your own, you know, um, thought process behind it. So I'm going to make like a, like a concept web to kind of mm-hmm. piece it all together. So I'll share that on, on Patreon as well. Um, and you guys can honestly see me working on it. I'll, I'll open up to where you can make comments. You can comment on the web and kind of see if, uh, we're going the right direction. Mm-hmm. So, all right guys, I think it's time to say our farewell. All right, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 15, Sansa 1. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, or leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We'll see you in a week, and remember, winter is coming.